0: Welcome to the sample podcast the number one social dynamics podcast in the world and with me is the person that rose the ranks with me He's one of my good colleagues. We 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 even go further than that. We started as colleagues I knew of him in Las Vegas and from there we went further and further. We became roommates We became best friends. We traveled the world from there. We rose the ranks He's dealt with Millions of people online, thousands upon thousands of people face to face with traveling the world. I think it was something like 36 countries every year. Each year, you're just done your sixth or you're doing your sixth world tour. And today I have the special privilege, one of my good, good friends, Mr. Madison, how are you, my friend?
1: That is, that is uh, quite the intro, man. I really appreciate it. I want to look up to that standard. Let's give the good people that are tuned in to you a reason to listen to you today. Let's
0: give <laughs> some good shit. So for the people that don't know, give us a short little summary about you and how we know each other. How we know each other. All right. So
1: I guess this would have started. Uh, we know each other about six years, about 10 years ago. I would have uh, actually about 12 years ago now. I would have found an online community of people that were working on social skills. And I went out and I practiced everything they said about a hundred times. And I also got involved in the fashion world. And I did fashion marketing for a lot of big companies. I did uh, music production, uh, beat battles with Kanye West. I worked at radio stations. I I was part of a radio show. Uh, And I also just used all that to kind of learn how to even get backstage and meet people that were artists. I was a young kid, 17 years old going backstage, meeting, trying to meet artists, you know, had nothing to offer. I remember I met Russell Simmons one time. I told Russell Simmons, I said, hey man, uh, I met him at a fat farm store. That's how old I am, a fat farm store. And I'm like, yo man, I'd love to like come to your your event you have later and learn from you. Uh, I use a word that was not your ass. I'd like to fornicate your mind for knowledge. Uh, This is like before mentors were cool. He turned to security and said, make sure he gets in there. And I'm like, life of a broke MC turn my pockets inside out and and I met Russell Simmons and we hung out with that. Right. So I I understood that there was a way to to speak to people that would either influence them or persuade them. You can get your point across. Also, the hip hop music helped me to do that very much because in hip hop music, a good lyricist was somebody who can convey a lot of information in a short period of time. You know, they have 16 bars, as it were, like 16 sentences to make their whole point. Right. even the longing by Jay-Z amount for presidents to represent me. That means a lot. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's yeah. a lot in a short period of time. So I learned how uh, through music, I learned how to convey a lot of information in a short period of time, my hopes, my dreams, my fears, what I want, what my goals are, what I'm against. And I learned to do that in social interactions. It gave me that. It also gave me the ability to express my personality very potently because, um, I just didn't have the time to do it. Right. If you're meeting somebody new, uh, or you're networking, or you're trying to get backstage at a concert that you shouldn't be at. Like the, the Mob Deep concert was one of them, or was it the MLP concert? I can't remember. One of the two. Um, but but yeah, that, that's what it did for me. And so went on this journey, uh, eventually just went online, lots of internet forums. I'd be part of all of them. Sam and I were part of one internet forum. Uh, I became a trusted member on there. I wrote about 10,000, I guess, call like little mini articles or something like that. Um, and then uh, I decided that every person that came to the city of Montreal, Canada, where I was from, I decided that I would go and volunteer at that live event. So I'd volunteer at like the Chief Harv Eckerd Millionaire Mind or like at the, um, uh, just any of them. I think I even, uh, my, my one of my ex-girlfriends was part of, uh, what's that one it's called? Search the L. I can't remember what it's called. If somebody, kno- if somebody knows, it'll come back to me in, in a little later on. Um, and then of course, uh, I just volunteer. I'd be the guy that shows people around the city. Be the guy that picks people up at the airport, takes them to the restaurants, mm-hmm. and it just kind of snowballed from that um, to eventually going to Los Angeles and meeting Sam, who was there before me, and living with Sam, where we lived in what's called a uh, now they would call it a creator house, right? Now yeah, that before was before it, house existed.
0: That was before the influencer house. Yeah, you know, yeah, like influencer the, the- houses what do they, what do they call them now? Like the like TikTok houses and stuff like that cloud house. And so, yeah. cloud, you know, yeah. All that. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Didn't even exist back then, but we did that six years ago, six, seven years ago, we did that. And, um, that was a great experience. All kinds of people would come into the house from fitness trainers to, uh, energy workers. I think he had Glenn on here before, yeah, uh, to, to, I would saw Oliver stone one day, the director, I don't know if you remember, if you, you saw him. I saw him in the house once Really? It's like coming in. Yeah. I saw Oliver stone the director there once um just just everybody would come out just tons of information you'd learn from everybody we'd all share and we'd all just go through this like train this crazy crazy boot camp which was i I call it a boot camp but it was a life camp that we go through just intense intense training of of how to perform under pressure how to teach others, how to coach others, get results under pressure, how to run live events and all that. That's how everything kind of started.
0: Yeah, so it's super funny. I'll give the audience a bit of context. We just recorded for about 25 minutes and I didn't press the record button. And uh, one that's one of the things we learned. It's just like when, when you've experienced so many things, you know, and, and we both be like, oh, well, emotional, emotional spike. of like, oh, damn it. And then move on. That's what, one of the things we really, really learned, especially with all our, travels or the things that we did. So I really want to get into it because that's something that a lot of people suffer with, you know, for that, that, that feeling of not, you know, for me, especially not recording or something going on with the thing might linger with people. I know lingers with people for, you know, that might be a a month that might last them and they're just kicking themselves and constantly reaffirming. But for us, you know, four, four or five seconds, uh, let it go onto the next. Mm -hmm. And that's something what we learned. So, you know, in your experience and your perspective, with us living together with us being in in sort of like a it was kind of like a a, a mentorship slash kind of building us up as as people that could go out in the world and represent the company you know as instructors, what were the things from your perspective that you learned about, you know, just sort of life, life skills, as well as what are the things mm. that you specifically kind of like remember as like the moments, like, oh, I remember that, yeah, you know, big turning point,
1: yeah, dude. I, remember, I think it was just how much we had in the gas tank. Like, I can remember you going up to like the top of uh, what was that place, San Francisco, the top of the San Francisco bridge, it's like the middle of the night, and you're holding a light, you had no jacket. <laughs> You're literally quivering. There's like tears coming down your, our eyes because it's just like super cold and like our body's just reacting to it. And you um, know, just there's been so many situations like that where you're hiking a mountain and it's like three hours to get to location to shoot. And what I just learned is that there was always more in the gas tank. You don't realize how far you can go. You know, our friend, Julian, used to have this analogy, like gun to the head analogy. And it, it's like that for a business as well. If you had a gun to your head, what would you be able to produce or go and do? I think we have so much more in the gas tank than we uh, really believe. Like anybody watching this you might think, well, there's something in my life that I've done and I've pushed it really hard in my life. I've gone really far as much as I could. Well, I would challenge you to believe that you maybe had 10 to 15% more in the gas tank. Isn't that possible? Like if your life was on the line or the life of someone that you loved was on the line, how much more further could you go? How much more further could you do? And we just challenge that all of our all of our lives uh, while we're doing that. And the other thing I think I, I also really learned is, um, you if you do something pre, uh, preventative to help yourself, like cold showers or sauna, or you know taking um, mushrooms yeah. <laughs> not not mushrooms, but like you know reishi mushroom things like that. If you do things like that, there's periods of contraction and periods of expansion. And if you take care of yourself. In those moments it also further increases your reservoir you have to be able to go out and push it further a lot of this a lot of being good at a skill is just living in a state where you're always taking care of yourself or we are taking care of ourselves in some sort of way you know maybe like monday or sunday and then then thursday to friday you can go out and do unbelievable things i think people really don't know how far they're going to be able to push it uh until they've had that experience of going deeper into the reserves of that gas tank because human beings were incredibly resourceful, incredibly resourceful. The things that we could do were just like unbelievable. You know, we're, we're able to like march so far across, like the people used to like conquer, like the uh, Mongolian areas, like on horseback and foot. And like, now it's like, man, I want to walk half an hour. It's too far to go somewhere. Yeah. So we, we're, we're capable of amazing, amazing things. And um, I think a lot of times, like, you know, we just sell, sell ourselves short. So I know that for you and I, Most of that training was just like, how far can you go? How innovative can you be? How much can you solve a problem on the fly without like any preparation, without anything going on? Like, oh, shit, I'm in a new city. I don't have a SIM card. There's five guys here to speak Russian. What do I do? (laughs) do I I don't know where I'm going. I don't know where to take them, how the transportation works. You know, my, my, my bank card is frozen. Like, what do you do? Yeah. So you'd be put in
0: panic situations where you learn how resourceful you can be to solve problems on the fly a lot. Remember a lot of that? It's like accountability. I think once you're in a country and Mm -hmm. everything's against you, and I think it was the countries that don't speak English that gave me that idea that you're like, okay, the the common thing that I never took for granted at all, like that I took for granted, sorry, which was just English is mm. completely thrown out of the thing. And now you have to operate under certain conditions. And it was like, you know, I remember in Romania losing the passport, you know, not having the key to the house, knowing that you've got a train to leave and there's not another train for like two days or some shit. You've got to get on that mm. train, you know, and all that stuff. But I think it, I, I commend you a lot because, you know, again, we, with that, I was 21. I was a young kid. I had fucking bundles of energy. But you being a little bit older and that momentum, still being there, but still... It, it was nothing compared to it because I want, I want to really stress and I want you to, you to explain it, how no one really understood how taxing it was. It wasn't just like mm. turn up and speak. Like it was not that at all. It's like if people are thinking like, you know, it gave me a good perspective, like 40 hours in a week work. Compared to that, so like I'll take the body. Yeah. so <laughs> that shit is intense. You know what I mean? It was really, it was really intense, man. Like, like nobody understands.
1: Okay, they don't understand because they don't know. So it's not just show up and speak. It's like, all right, imagine, imagine, I fly, you fly. Okay, you fly into a new city. All right, first of all, you go to the airport, and you've never been to the airport. Before. And yeah. you gotta like maybe the guy in customs doesn't speak your language, so you gotta communicate to the guy in customs how long you're gonna be there, whatever. You get your bag, you try to find where the taxi stand is. You go to the, the hotel, you check into the hotel. Maybe your room isn't ready; they don't have a room for you. You're early, so what you need to do is just park your luggage there. Now you gotta go to the event place. You go to the event place. The room is not set up. The the event manager is not there because it's after six p.m. So then you gotta you gotta find some sort of audio visual guy to help you set up the room. Then you finally set it up and you realize you forgot a piece of gear that you thought you would have or a memory card is not good or a battery is not good. So you set that up. Then you, everybody finally comes and everybody's registered. And You realize, oh no, we sent out the emails to the wrong rooms. So everybody's on the wrong floor. You got to go in the hallway, write a sign, get up on stage because it's time now and the room's hot. It, you know, There's no, t- no AC. Get up on stage, you answer the questions, you do great. Uh, you, you, you let them know about a great event you're throwing the next day, which is the very next day. You finish up, you pack up the gear, you haven't slept yet, and you realize it's 10 p.m. you haven't eaten dinner. You said, shit, 10 p.m., I should probably eat something because I was on a plane earlier today and I didn't eat anything, so let me go eat something. You're trying to go around town, a lot of the places, the kitchens are, sorry, sir, the kitchen's closed, 10 o'clock, we close the kitchen at 10. What do you got? We got salad. Now you're up at Denny's trying to eat a salad or like IHOP trying to get like whatever they got left on the grill. And meanwhile, people are like, I have one more, they're seeing you in person, like, I have one more question, one more question, like, can I please eat the salad, please, just let me eat the salad. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's like, just like years of this. And that's just, that's just Thursday. That's just Thursday. That's just, that's just Thursday. It's like, this is like repeated, repeated cycle for years and years and years. And then the thing is, too, it's like, um, this is not even the extreme. It's like, that's the normal. That's, yeah. that's the normal. And so you're constantly li- learning to adjust to being and living in a state of pressure. Meanwhile, fulfilling the expectations of the clients because the clients have flown in usually from another city. Sometimes they live there, sometimes they fly in. So they fly in from another city and they're like, I took time off my vacation for work to be here. So fucking I could change my life and you gotta like figure out through trial and error, through the carrot and the stick through different methods of motivation What's gonna get this person's brain to click, so that they have an aha moment in three days? They need to either have a breakthrough or a breakdown in three days, and you're like, let me get to this aha moment. So they walk away feeling satisfied with the result. Meanwhile, you're dealing with your personal life, if you have one, your hunger, <laughs> the event schedule, bookings, um, customer service support. You know, you're you're essentially ex- like they call executive coach. But an executive coach is he's an executive. That is coaching at the same time. Yeah. So that's what that's where that terminology comes from. And yeah, I just remember it being like just really, really intense. I, I don't think in my, my age right now I would I would be able to do it. Um, I'm glad that I did do it. I think it molded me. I think I'd be a different person if I didn't do it. Yeah. So I'm glad that we like had that experience and like it changed us tremendously. Oh, 100%. I'm, I'm I'm glad that we got to go through it. And I'm I'm kind of I feel bad. For people as I literally feel bad for people right now they're like I'm a I'm a life coach and they're like what did you do it's like I got a I got a certificate off of off of um a website And it's like you haven't coached anybody haven't done anything haven't run a, haven't run a live event and I feel bad for them because they don't they didn't get to have that experience which forever shapes you you know it mm. makes you into a diamond um a diamond in that rough situation
0: Hundred percent, hundred percent. It's so crazy, you know. Some of the experiences, thinking back, and just been like, "Wow, how did we do sleeping on the?" Remember, the one that I always remember is the San Francisco one, sleeping on the floor, mm. waking up for the eleven o'clock. Just getting to bed, I think it was like six six thirty, tired mm. as, then waking up in, on San Francisco in, in on the floor, um, yeah, and then uh, getting up and being ready by ten thirty in the morning for for a, for a thing by eleven. Starbucks yeah. got the best of us that's
1: <laughs> Starbucks uh it was that was the other thing it was uh what's that thing we drink all the time like kombucha yeah kombucha to survive surviving on kombucha and you know whatever you can get and I also that 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 also by the way made me yeah. uh be very serious about my diet that's when yeah. I went I'm thinking on like two years of like no alcohol um I wasn't an alcoholic before, before or anything like that but two years of no alcohol just eating kitchen kitchen uh, kitchen, chicken, kale, salads, and green juices mm-hmm. like that because we should have died <laughs> yeah yeah at that we point we, 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 we did, we did do that that's a
0: great that's a great thing yeah literally if anyone did that and they didn't do those things they would have died they literally would have and and it was like i think i think uh, we were doing stuff before obviously uh david gongens came out with you know the 40 percent rule where it's like you had another and we were really pushing that to 80 90 and without those things as you said that real clean diet the reishi yeah. mushrooms the saunas, the cold plungers, yeah it wouldn't have been Pretty, or yeah. you would have got sick. What's you know? the
1: forty percent rule? I don't know what that is. Yeah, uh,
0: when you feel like you're at the end, like you've got nothing left in the tank, that's it. You're mm. only forty percent of the way there. Oh, wow. that. yeah. So that's a that's the uh I think it's the Navy Seal. It, I, I could be wrong. Uh, I'm sure someone will blast me on Instagram. It wasn't Navy Seals. It was <laughs> You know, yeah. it was the the idea. That it might have been the Marines on the Navy Seals or something. That's what their idea is, and Goggins presented it in his book. But yeah, it's it's fascinating. So what I really want to get to and ask you a few questions, especially on. Um, you know, on certain topics, we we love is we've we've everyone's experienced this this thing that we've gone through in the last two years, two and a bit years, and um, it's you know Great we disconnect. The, the the uh the thing you know what i mean yeah. um but it, it, it's funny and, and i've always been one we've had we had this health minister here and i don't want to get too political about it you know what i mean because everyone's i, I know that no one 100 percent every single person in the world is going to have one idea that they all believe in it's not going to happen ever right mm-hmm. it doesn't happen you know what i mean there's so many different things but the one thing that this person was saying that is was you shouldn't go see family. You shouldn't go talk to people. And she used the word specifically, talk to people. You shouldn't go have a chat with your neighbor. You shouldn't go this. You shouldn't talk to people. And it really triggered me right because it was like Mm. hang on like now you're saying something different than social whatever right so the Mm. long term what i want to ask you is the long-term effects on social of social distancing of distancing and connecting or you know disconnecting from people and how to reverse the effects that has happened over the last two years from someone that might have done you know super isolation mode almost
1: yeah i want to talk about that a lot very very passionately do i want to hold the mic as i talk about let's see
0: hello yes do i want to
1: hold the mic okay uh it's, it's fucking heavy forget it all right we right, gonna here. um yo it's crazy i was uh a quick story on how disconnected we are right we all know that people are working from home we know that people are not going to school we know that some places clubs and restaurants are not really open we know that people are resorting to online dating. So those are many different areas we can talk about. Let's talk about like the effects of it on people. So I was running a program. This is earlier this year, 2021, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in, uh, what was that? It was in Amsterdam, I think, or Berlin, something like that. And I had a group of like seven, eight people I was working with face-to-face. And we're talking about that, You know, we're all like joking around and we're talking about that awkward moment, usually like when you're like at a bar, and you buy a girl a drink and she kind of takes a drink and like, you know, you're dancing behind her. You don't really know how to dance. And, you know, she's kind of grinding on you. and Maybe you get a little excited because she's dancing on you and she's like good at moving. But you don't have the rhythm. And then all of a sudden, like you kind of like you say something stupid and she like walks off, you know, and all the guys are just kind of like laughing about this moment, you know, and there's this kid there, he's like 22. And he's like, he's like, what do you mean? We're, like, you know, like when you're like dancing with a girl and he's like, huh? And you like, he's like, when you are with a girl at a bar, you dance with her and you buy her a drink. He's like, oh, you buy them drinks? And I go, oh. wait, wait, what do you mean? You, you don't understand? He goes, no, I've never danced with a girl before. Like, what do you mean? He goes, I've never been to a club. I'm 21, 22. I've never been to a club because when all this started, I was too young to go to the clubs so he's never had that awkward moment where he goes excuse me madam would you mind if i buy you a drink would you mind if i buy you a drink every man goes through that phase where he buys them the drink and then she takes a drink and leaves or the awkward dancing behind her at a club he's never had that he's never even danced with somebody so i'm starting to th- i'm like well why not he goes well I my class is on zoom. <laughs> so there's also that moment where like, remember you were in school and you had a crush on a girl in school, you know, like Susie in math class. And she sits next to you and like, you know, you are like, oh, Susie, Susie's going to see me today. So I wear my nice shirt and I got a crush on Susie. Let me pass her a note. He doesn't have that. Cause it was in, he's never been in school. So all these situations where human beings, specifically men and women would have connected in real life. They would have crossed each other. They don't have anymore. just completely gone like so we were looking at this kid like he was crazy but he just kid just never had the opportunity and then that further made me think oh shit that's also the same thing for women so that means right now there's a there's a generation of women that are between the ages of geez i mean let's not be too crazy here between the ages of 17 to 22 let's say within that age range that have never went through that like weird, awkward high school dance moment, none of that. Mm. And let me tell you what's crazy about this, bro. This is what's fucked up. And to all your women uh, watchers, I apologize. So what's crazy about this is it's producing a generation of sugar babies because of that. Because rather rather than having an interaction with the guy normally, like a friend circle, they're going like straight to the online. Now, mm-hmm. when somebody goes straight to the online, the online uh, marketplace of dating is is you know a lot of people making offers, uh, guys making offers. Let me take you here. Let me buy you this. Let me do that. So yeah. you have a lot of women that are now turned 22. You know, like the age group now is 17 to 22. But it would have been like if you know if you now that they're older it would be like it would be like 19 to 23 or something yeah. like that. You know, um, that would now be like well. A relationship is an online transactional thing yeah and that's totally normal because they didn't have the guy in school they liked and had a crush on they didn't have the dancing in the club and you know they, they didn't have that so it's pretty crazy to think this man it's like forever changed um how things will be for this group of people from now on mm-hmm. you know they just they've missed like three years of their life of normal things that would be normal for us they don't know how to interact with each other anymore that art form of interacting is gone and rare
0: it's a it's a whole cultural change culture has shifted yeah that that's crazy to think that you know these people are missing completely missing out on something that's that's huge you know in their life which is you know i always always talked about it and and i always looked at you know the development of, of of kids through school and how their social skills are developed at three different, uh, th- four different areas. It's before class starts, recess, lunch, and after class, and that's about it. And when they hang out, those are the four areas that they socialize. But when they talk in in class and stuff like that, they get told to shush. They get to told so. There's other areas that are reinforcing not to socialize as well as socialize. Mm-hmm. And, and it's really funny. And now you're now you're saying you know again on Zoom you can't socialize with people on Zoom. You know mm. so. You're really gonna, as you said, you're really gonna have this thing. Now, what what can these kids well, do? Or,
1: or even like, how do you meet people that are not on your contact list?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Because <laughs> yeah. for them to be on your contact list, you have to know them already. Hundred
0: percent, definitely. So they're not on your contact so she, list, you, which is which is reinforcing reinforcing that idea that you know a lot of people. It's like you're only going to date within your social circle, and that's about it. And yes. then you're going to have the 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 things that happen with that, like the. Um, the, the like kind of like the, the false, you put false kind of things on people, uh, false mm. ideas, projections, because the, the scarcity mindset allows you to fall in love with the person out of a candidate of three people. You're like, they're the right, one, right. you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> and it's just like, you got three people to choose from, you know? You know? Three, people, three people in your contact list that you have from when you were 16
1: and you haven't been able to grow it since then. You know, it's also crazy as I read a study that um, 25% of men over the age of 30 are now virgins. I've, I've seen the increase in that. That's crazy. It's crazy. It is. It's crazy. Cause like, where, where are they going to meet people? Like, how are they going to meet people? And as you know, Jordan Peterson says, I think a lot of some of sociologists have said this as well. Um, when men have the urge to be with women and that women is that urge is not met. It's not like the men lose that urge. It's a DNA. It's a desire within their biology. It's like mm. men went and like conquered other villages <laughs> Just yes. like have the, the the treasures and the women, it's not like that 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 strong biological urge goes away in men at young age. Mm. It stays there, but it comes out and through other behaviors, which can sometimes be not the most pleasant behaviors. It comes out in yeah. being aggressive, anti women, anti this, anti that, and so you know, like as a society, we have to change that. But also, it's up to us as individuals to have a personal responsibility to say, hey. All right, I'm starting to feel this way. How can I then work on this skill? Maybe by watching this podcast or something. Or how can I work yeah, on the skill to then go out and be better? And what can I do about it? Because it's it's got to be everybody that feels that way has to do something about it because there is no there is no alternative options that are out there. You got to like kind of make yourself get out there, virtually
0: or face to face or whatever. And these these discussions need to be had so that the information's out there so that Mm. they they can relate with someone. Just be like, oh, okay, there's other people that not just are dealing with it but that know about the issue you know i'm sure there's mm-hmm. a lot of people here that are just like you know i'm just struggling with finding people you know what i mean mm-hmm. and it's like yeah you know i can totally relate when you know you got a curfew can't be out by 6 p.m you might not have a dog to you know go for a walk you know telling you not to walk and this and that it's just like yo i can totally understand on a different topic or on the same sort of topic what are the reversal things that people could do right this second that you know maybe maybe they've felt that they felt last two years oh i've been super super antisocial what are the things that you would tell them all right in the next month do these things
1: travel if you can <laughs> travel if you can i would just say that because like it, it, it puts a mental uh it reminds you mentally of the condition that you're in you right you know that expression like uh if you want to kill a frog or kill, cook a lobster cook a frog you slowly lower it into the boiling water or you turn yeah. temperature slowly and it doesn't realize it and then it's like oh it's dead or it's cooked um yeah that is cooked uh but uh you know it's like that socially it's like you slowly start to forget it's normal to do that and even for myself i had to do that so i started like uh, teaching programs again live live infield coaching programs where people learn to be social and for the first few months of it i had been in a lockdown for a year and a half and for the first few months of it i was weird i'm like oh shit i need to go and like shake somebody's hand I remember, I remember yeah. the first t- time a woman shook my hand by a bus stop. And I was just like, I was Ooh. confused. I was excited and I was like, how dare she just think she could shake my hand. But I was like, oh my gosh, her hand is so soft. I was like, <laughs> at the same time, all these emotions were going through me. And I was like, wow, just having social contact with somebody was was crazy. And so the first thing people need to do is just put themselves in as many situations as they feel are awkward. Yep. And realize that it's going to take time to relearn Everything that you thought was normal, you're going to feel awkward being normal, and allow yourself to go through that that period of like confusion. Like, am I doing it right? Should I not go out? Should mm-hmm. I go out? Um, another thing I've been doing is like I've been going and working at co working spaces, like where people have um, lots of laptops, like these. You know, you pay them five dollars, and, and everybody just kind of co works. Yeah. I've been going there too to be like, oh, this is what an office used to be like. I remember going to an office. <laughs> i remember going to an office oh there's a coffee machine jennifer could you get some more beans for the coffee machine oh wow i remember what this is like like i would just 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 putting myself in situations that i forgot that are what people do even though i don't feel like it I, there's no desire in my body to go and do those things it's like but just just do them anyway so to anybody watching this i can just encourage you i encourage you tremendously just get out there and just do something man because like you don't, you, you're not going to have the desire to do it or the urge or the uh, comfortableness doing it, but it's yeah. putting yourself in awkward and uncomfortable situations that are going to force us like all to like, just grow, grow if you can and go to a, go to a non-political country like Mexico or yeah, like, uh, it's a bit know, more free. Or anywhere, anywhere you can go, just, just, just go somewhere. I remember I had to like convince my mom to just get on a, like a train at one point. She's like, I don't know what the train like yeah. all of like my aunts and uncles were like, I don't know about the train you're on the train. I was like, listen, you, you got, you got all, you got all the medicine in you that the government could put in you. Just get on the train. You got, you, yeah. you, know, you got it already. You done all you could. Just get on the train.
0: Yeah. Get on the train. <laughs> Live your life again. Now I think I remember I read a study and it was just like somewhere between, um, there was, there was, was a big broad thing, but it was between 15 minutes and an hour per day. Someone talks, that's it in total, you know, Whoa. with their 12 to 15 hours, they're awake. That's all. Some people it's less than 15 minutes. Like that's the craziness yeah. of it. You I've know what definitely I definitely mean? felt that bro. Yeah. Like that's, that's some insane levels of like low, low numbers of talking, you know, somewhere they, they gave it a rough estimate of like a thousand to 7,000 words. That's it. Right. And, um, and then they they kind of like related it to people that do talk for a living, you know, and it was, it was, you know, high numbers. And you can imagine if you want to get better at talking, Mm -hmm. talk, (laughs) learn. And that's what we've done, you know, thinking about thinking back at your things, especially with your, the way you're able to connect, the way you're able to influence, the way you're able to speak, funny thing, doing some research last night, you'll love this. And uh, someone was talking about, uh, how to edit your podcast like an advanced guy. Let me put a voice on how to edit your podcast like an advanced guy. Step number one. And he was cutting and he, I was listening to him and he was making blunders and double takes and this and that, mm. right? And I was listening and I'm like, oh. And I had a look compared to my one and there wasn't too many. Sure, there is some, don't get me wrong. I just leave it in there. But there wasn't any stuff up of the words or anything like that. I really recall it back to what we learned. I really mm. recalled it being able to speak and improvise on the spot, being able to not know exactly what you're going to say in any situation recall that shit on the top of your mind and it's almost it, it's not it's a whole different idea than just freestyling you know in rapping or anything like that it's more of this this thing that i really really want to get into this free association that you and i can both do exceptionally well just riff up the top of the head because people are always saying "Well, what do i say you know i don't know how to start and stuff like that and and we've done that through uh, before, obviously talking to a lot of people, but what's your kind of gist? What, what, what do you do? What's your process? Because I know my process and your process will be you know, totally different, especially with your high functioning brain. What are the uh-huh. things that allow you to be able to speak? You know, say if you're speaking with that celebrity, that high status person, the, the girl yeah. influencing people, speaking on stage, what's your process?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got a few things. Okay, so um, everybody's different, right? Like you're, let's say you were able to go to a park or a public venue of any kind. You know, so there's some people that need to, like, kind of enjoy the environment first. They need to, like, go and, like, do a cartwheel, play with the Frisbee, maybe, like, run with the dog, and then they're warmed up and they're ready to be social. But me being a, a certain kind of introvert actually makes me tired to do that. Like, going out and, like, talking to many people makes me tired. So I had more of a sniper approach where I prefer to, like, talk to five or six people maximum, like, in a night or five or six, like, kind of groups of people because it would just make me very tired. So I'd say the first thing is you got to kind of learn yourself, Don't take, but don't take the excuse of being introverted as to not talk to people initially. Try both approaches and kind of like see what works for you. And then the other thing is I always have uh, my, my go-to strategy for making a conversation is not to ask a lot of questions because mm-hmm. people are always like, hey, what's your name? How old are you? Where are you from? Oh, do you like it here? That's cool. And it's like when you ask somebody a question that doesn't know you, it's like you're taking information from them. You're requesting them to give you information and they don't know you. So why should they? Hmm. You know, if you ask six or seven questions in a row, it's almost as intrusive as saying, what's your home address? Yeah, it feels the same thing emotionally. So one of the things I always talk about is take a question and turn it into a statement. So instead of how old, instead of like what country are you from? Like, I get the feeling that you're from Barbados. Or like, uh, what do you do for fun? Something about you tells me that you're adventurous, right? It's like just taking the phrases, I bet, you. Uh, I get the feeling, you look like, something about you, any of those kind of like beginning of phrases, I bet, dot, 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 you look like, dot, 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 I get the feeling, dot, dot, dot. Those are those are ways to kind of like start expressing yourself mm-hmm. or getting to know people through statements. The other thing I'd recommend for somebody to do initially just off the top is to, uh, make statements. I call it a statement of kingdom, which is just um, you saying what type of person you are about a subject. It's so the positive and the negative about it. So I'm the type of person that enjoys purple markers when it comes to writing on whiteboards. I'm not the type of person that enjoys sniffing them all day just to get high, right? Give <laughs> a statement that you are for something and a statement that you're not for something. I'm the type of person that enjoys Zoom talking to old friends I haven't seen them forever. I'm not the type of person to just be on Zoom all day uh, and never get out and experience the real world right so a statement of kingdom is a way for you to express yourself it's a it's a tool and then the last thing i kind of do i would say for anybody that's starting to just learn to express themselves is use something called the web so the web is like where you look at your hand here's the other side there there you go you look at your hand and uh you don't have to do it You're like <laughs> what is i have my hands what is this look you, you take your hand you take you pick a main subject and you try to branch it into five different areas of that subject. So if I was going to talk about the marker, I could talk about the cap of the marker. That's one. I could talk about the color of the marker. That's two. I can talk about where I bought the marker. That's three. I can talk about the use of the marker. That's four. I can talk about, I don't know, uh, how much it costs. Like, I don't know if I said that. That's five, right? So you can take a subject. You can break into the five, five, different, sub- five different subcategories. That's smart. And those I are kind that. of the three tools that I would give somebody to somebody like, yo, just that's it do that something you, do those man just do those because you haven't socialized in forever and you apparently you're only speaking for 15 minutes a day according to that report that sam read 15 to minutes to one hour a day you're only speaking so yeah. you forget you forget how to expand on subjects you forget how to have an opinion that's what a statement of kingdom is it gives, it gives you an opinion you can express you forget how to have an opinion you forget like asking too many questions is annoying unless you also share information about yourself yeah so you know the, the question trap is like a huge one. We just like ask questions when we're nervous. It's our default um, thing we rely on because we're like, yo, I don't know what to say. Yeah. Let me just ask some questions and maybe the person will like me and uh, it stalls. They yeah, exactly. Time, exactly.
0: But- and then those questions, are the default questions, are not even like interesting. They're just like the no. basic of basic, most logical thing ever. There's so many ways that you can actually make it interesting with a question, but it's just logic, just no room for interpretation. Yes, no responses. That's it. You know, nothing, <laughs> nothing, not, man. Yeah, basic questions like,
1: "What do you do?" do, do, do. It's, always, it's always the same. "Where are you from?" "How old are you?" Oh, yeah. "What do you do for fun?" "Do you have any brothers and sisters?"
0: Oh, uh, well, Matt, Madison, do you, do, do, do you like your glasses? Like your glasses? <laughs> yes.
1: You know, also, ultimately with what do you do for work? Like, imagine that. That could probably be a touchy subject right now because. I can imagine like, it's like 10% of the population, like 15% of the population w- lost their job, depending yeah. on where you, where you are. Like, like a lot of people lost their job. Like you, you walk up to 10 people and say, what do you do for work? Like they're probably going to be offended or at least embarrassed by that question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? That's,
0: that's taken a whole different meaning now. Yeah. hundred yes. percent. Yeah. It's, what it's, do you
1: do for, what do you for work? Well, like I did.
0: I was. Uh, uh, our next question. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Next now question. you're already almost like you know the conversations. As, as much investment as there was, usually it's an introduction question. It's gone down. Yeah. You know, it's gone down. You got, so you got nothing, and, and that's the thing. So so Madison, well, one of the things that I I find about you especially is that you know through through all of our LA dealings and all of that thing you were very like, much like me. It was just like you were able to connect with high-status individuals. I'm talking, about, I'm talking the rapper. I'm talking the celebrity. I'm talking the people that mm-hmm. other people want. And, and one of the interesting things that runs through my brain that not a lot of people know is that I'm thinking about these people through one of, one of a previous uh, analogy, which is these high-status people have a lack of good quality people and an overabundance of people wanting things from them. So, mm-hmm. you're thinking these guys have got all the friends, all the... No, nah, they're lacking good people in their life. That is what they lack, you know what I mean? Because yes. you know, I'm t- I'm talking to them now and and, and, and as, as I'm becoming friends with them, they're really cherishing my friendship with them. And that's mm-hmm. simply because I'm looking and I'm like, yo, where are your friends at, you know? like you Yeah. Know, like some people have like, you know, really, really good quality ones and some don't. I'm just like... Like I, I, love being their friend. You know what I mean. But I'm just like, yo, where, where, where is the, where's the friendship? You know what I mean. Where is the other sort of guy? And that's what I'm seeing an overabundance. So give us your take on that. How did you come up with like, because you, you're, you're cool, calm, collected, and you're not someone that's a leech around them. Not something like that wants to take value from them. So what's your kind of t- right? Take on that? Okay,
1: cool. So I believe that empathy, empathy, sorry, not empathy. I believe that influence comes down to four things: mm. empathy. Leading dominance and uh, I forgot the fourth one right now as I mentioned it the top of my head, where there's four things that are required to influence somebody, right? And as you mentioned, with a high value person or a celebrity or a status person, it's really hard for them to uh, get honest feedback. Oh, relatability. Sorry, that was the last one. Yeah, relatability. Sure.
0: I'll cut that in. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, just put that in there. So um, you know, I've had I've been fortunate enough to have been approached by Ariana Grande. Let's just call it that uh i've dated people that were olympic athletes that have won medals i've um you know i'm working with people that own some of my students are guys that have a fortune fortune 100 companies that are listed on the nasdaq um i have you know hang out many times with like uh back in the day it was like why class and ben affleck and stuff like that you know so I realize that what you're saying. These people have a lack of high quality people around them.
0: Yeah, and yeah. It's, be,
1: it's because of the yes men syndrome. And I feel like I have this whiteboard and I haven't used it, so I feel like I should probably
0: let's crack that bad boy second. out. <laughs> it
1: that's, that's what she said. All right, so uh, let's put the mic over here. Okay, so imagine this is like the, the like the high value person, like a celebrity. Okay, we'll put like a, a, a H in there. Okay, the celebrity. Yo, yeah, we'll make that li- be-
0: make it a little bit darker. We can't really see it. There I'm we go. Much, you got to tilt much, it. I Okay, I'll tilt it so they didn't reflection. Make, make and it thick they, and black and bold. That's a, that's again what she said.
1: So as they like <laughs> they're as they get hot more high value, right? They're yep. like going up. We'll put little arrows, okay? Little up. They're going up in, in status. And as yep. they go up in status, guess what happens? To what everybody up? around them. First, they get like like they're yeah, their crew. They bring everybody that's high value brings their crew with them. This is like why every rapper fails. Every yeah. rapper's like, yeah, I'm bringing my cousin. He's my new manager. And um, Uncle Ruru, Uncle Ruru is going to be my marketing guy. And they, they bring their people with them, right? But because the people that they bring with them are from the bottom, mm. they don't want to lose their career because now the person's on the come up is their career. So yep. they got a lot, they start to get a lot of circle of yes man around them, okay? call will say like Y E S. So like every rapper you know, even Fetty Wap, I think he talked about this. The other yeah, day. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah that interview was it on no jumper or something like that fetty wap was like i lost i spent all my money in two in, in two years i went oh acad-
0: academics i think yeah one of the two yeah, yeah, yeah i saw that yeah.
1: and the same thing for t-pain and the same thing for like they lose everything because they're trying to bring their whole crew with them mm. but once you bring your boy up with you or your crew with you up to the top they're saying yes to everything including bad decisions because you're the money train you know it's like that line if Drizzy got the money, then Drizzy gonna pay it. Then my brothers, I ain't even gotta say it. It's just something they know. But it's like it's bad. <laughs> it's yeah. not good, right? It's bad. Not to add to that, what do you think? Your your dating situation changes.
0: Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Now you don't want this
1: thousand percent. You don't got you don't got the same women around you no more. You got or if you're if you're a woman, you got the same guys. Now they all want the trips. They want the trips, right? So your dating changes. D A T I N G, dating situation changes because now we're like, well, uh, he, they, they're maybe dating you for your money or they're dating you for a networking situation. I dated the daughter of the probably biggest spiritual guru in the world. Okay. Just this, the, the two you're thinking of. Yes, it's that one. Right. And when we were in a relationship, we were saying, um, no, it was certainly what we were dating. She was saying, you know, part of her challenge is everybody just wants to get closer to her father mm. she said sometimes people will pretend to be her friend for months and months and months and they go "Anyway, so now uh, i'm just wondering can i meet your dad like after like yeah. two months of being there her friend yep friend. yeah well, that's
0: so funny lex the lex friedman uh and uh, joe rogan podcast he talks uh-huh. about that her her uh, joe rogan's daughter is like 13 and the boys are right. like obsessed with him and that's the only right. thing that is like sometimes i think you're just trying to date my dad <laughs> that's, like, <laughs> <laughs> that's <what laughs> my dad
1: that's funny. I don't even know who Les Free is, but the joke makes sense. Yeah. You know? Like, like I can imagine, like, um, I've I've showed up with Michaela Peterson in, in like um did a podcast with her. And like yeah. I can imagine everybody's like, I just want to get closer to Jordan. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, I just want to get closer to Jordan Peterson. So like people probably think that as well. But and this then is, on top of that, yeah, go, go
0: on, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll call it go back, on, yeah. On. you got
1: a thought. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no,
0: no, I'm talking about like that. This is what these like, you know, these high status guys have. They you know, they got people that like them specifically just for what they did, or their fame, Correct. or their status, and this and that, and that's not the the way to do it. You know what I mean? As you probably, as you're gonna explain right now. <laughs> I'm gonna explain. Yeah. Well, you
1: said it. Yeah. It's the people like them for that stuff. And we didn't even get, I didn't even get to that, but it's like people yeah. around them like them for the thing, but not who they are. They like yeah. them for what they uh, contribute. You like the person for what they give you. You like the celebrity, the high value person for what they give you, but you don't like them for when they're sick. Then also yeah. I have a I put another layer here called family. The relationship with their family changes because to get high value, or successful, you got to get out there. You got to travel, yeah. Sam. I mean, you know this, right? You went on a world tour. Probably didn't see a few aunts and uncles for a long time. You probably missed a few birthdays, yeah. right? People get mad at you. Oh, you changed. You changed. You know, it's like, oh, I'm trying to like set up a legacy here and mm. do something with my life the same way you did. So your family changes around you, <laughs> and all this changes. So now it's like now the the person that's high status or the person's a celebrity is trapped in the middle of that, and it feels like. Everywhere they go, they're going to be disappointed. Now, I'm going to add another level on this. Check this out. Okay. Other level that, that fucks them up. And you can't see here. I'm going to write it. So
0: guys, on the audio, it's the four levels. You've got the high status person, the yes men, the dating, the family. And then the last one is yes.
1: mentors. People uh... that they've mentored before that then stole their ideas, came back, bit them in the ass or put up a bad vlog about them or put up a bad video, or wrote a book about them.
0: Yeah. So they're burned
1: from people they tried to let in before that were like you, you know what I'm saying? Or there were strangers, like, you know, imagine, imagine the business guy He's like, well, I'll mentor this young kid. And then the, the, you know, you're the young kid. They you know, or somebody was a young kid, they came in, they mentored them, then they stole their business ideas. And then they maybe like made a competing company. And so the person that's highest value is like, I'm not going to mentor anybody ever again and they're they've been burned they're bitter yeah so that's the situation they're going into and they want to the person with that's the high value person or celebrity would love to say yes to all the great people that are out there but they're so scared to say yes and they don't have the time to say yes because they're managing so many layers of relationships so what i'm always saying is is to influence somebody you have to be empathetic of their situation. Be empathetic of like, yes, they have yes men around them. It's hard for them to date. You know what does that look like for them? Uh, uh their family. Maybe you can help be part of their, like their their soul family, right? Like, like don't ask them to mentor you right away because that's like yeah. asking more of them. You know, uh, empathy, relatability, and then of course leading them to things that might even help them. How could you add value to their lives? To their lives. How could yeah. you help them out for something that they need, whether it be health, finance, wealth? You know. If somebody is very really successful, but you show them a, a supplement that helps them out, they're going to be super happy. You know, This yeah, guy 100%. named Shane who makes um, stuff. He makes a mushroom, a uh, chug of mushrooms, and he gives it to all the instructors. And we're like, yes, you helped us out with our health, and we're happy about it. Yeah. Um, you know, so if, if you can help any of these people that are celebrities or high status people in these areas, they will forever be helpful, uh, grateful for you, grateful to you for that. Just learn Ooh. my words a little bit now. I'm drunk.
0: 100%. drunk on knowledge knowledge that's amazing and and that's not even the fans you didn't even you know the last bit is the fans that want photos and and the the idea and you love this because this is exactly they they have this image of you that you have to now uphold yourself to and if you don't they're disappointed and they write things about you
1: he wasn't the same
0: person yeah Yeah. it's like well yo you know can I, can I
1: get a moment? Can yeah, a yeah. Moment? Like, like, and you have to live up to
0: their I, idea of the, you and their I heard a there. story
1: about that. I heard yeah. a story
0: about that. It was, um,
1: I think it was a, the show, oh, it was Aziz Azari. Yeah. The show Master of None, I think okay. it was the show on Netflix. So the one of the episodes, he's out there, he's, out, he's at a restaurant with a friend or something, and this guy's like, oh, man, Aziz, I love you. He's like, well, he's like, can I have a picture? He's like, well, I'm actually kind of just having dinner with a friend right now. And the guy goes. Oh, okay, cool. Click. Like this, just takes the selfie, like rapes him for the selfie, like click, and just like walks off. It's like oh. the whole episode is about how he just like the guy just like took the selfie without him saying yes while he was having dinner with a friend, oh, and he felt man. violated by that. You yeah, know?
0: Yeah, yeah, and then that's just you know not including the paparazzi and what they do and stuff like that. When you actually see it yeah. in person, people don't understand that. That's some crazy stuff when you see it in person and the questions they ask. They try to get trigger responses. You know, mm. so anything you're going through, they're targeting and they're trying mm. to get some response for you. Any sort of picture they can get right. where you look angry, boom, double the money. Right. You know? Well, this is,
1: you know, this is this is why I was saying to you before, man, in the beginning of, the, of, our, of our chat, like when I was getting into like the uh, the scene of seminars, right? Yeah. Uh, or artists that would come to town, like Cardinal, Fischelle or some of the guys just be on Rough Riders, like those rappers or Common or whatever. I, yeah, would, just, yeah. I would just meet these guys be like, yo, you wanna go eat? I'm like, you hungry? I know a spot. And I wouldn't ask them for anything it's like, yo, I'm taking you here. I'm hooking you up. And it was like they just wanted a moment to be able to just chill, not have to be perfect, yeah. you know, like just be themselves, just like not be perfect. Mm. Nobody's around noticing them. Let their guard down. I'm not going to be like so on album number four, yes. number two. like none of that. I just provided them the space for them to be imperfect. Yeah. And this also goes for dating as well. You can use this information for dating when you have that perfect girl or perfect guy, that high status person, like they just want an opportunity to not be perfect, they just want an opportunity to be themselves. I remember when I, when um Ariana Grande approached me, this is like back in uh, 2000 and, uh 2019, it was okay. Um we were, I was just at a hotel just chilling and me my, me and Jesse actually. He yeah. Ch- chilling just talking about like Stroopwafels. And I hear his voice go, Stroopwafels, oh, I love Stroopwafels. And just like, just like, just to talk, chat us up. This is like in the back, of like alley always like of a hotel, like not yeah. alley. But like where the conference rooms are, and she was just lonely. She just wanted to just like have a chat, talk about some stupid dumb shit. She didn't want like the, I didn't even know it was her at first. I thought it was like the ghetto version of her because like she didn't have any makeup on and her hair wasn't done and like she had like hand tattoos and shit. I was like, who's this girl trying to be? Looking like she's Jenny from the Block. Anyways, we <laughs> were just shooting a shit about some dumb shit. We were just on some dumb shit, really. You yeah. Know what I mean? yeah. When is like, when was the last time she had a moment to be on some dumb shit? I remember the next morning too when the um, the uh, the hotel knew that she was there and like those people at the front desk and the manager was there waiting and they had like. Four black escalades pull up and all of her staff were there and they're like, you know, it's like she couldn't be that person anymore.
0: Yeah, she, she, she had to be she the no had this,
1: this space to be herself.
0: I find the biggest thing is that they start to develop facades, right? Mm. So we had a we had a DJ guy at our old gym and 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 I uh, yeah, so people can get real context with it because it's crazy, right? That these people are starving for real connection, starving for it because they don't get it. He he rocks up in the gym. And he's just doing his thing. And so the manager goes, oh, I know how to get in the good books with him and starts playing his music. And Mm. the look on his face was of like total despair. Like I and, and, and he looks at me, he goes, bro, I come here to get away from this. Mm-hmm. And that in the manager thinks he's like, you know, I'm gonna do it. The manager didn't know anything wrong, nothing wrong with him. But he's like, Man, yeah. I, I get away from like that image of I've got to be like this thing, you know what I mean? I'm just like a normal dude, you know what I mean? Or the girl's like, I'm just a normal dude, a normal girl. And even if you said, <laughs> Oh, oh what, what are you trying to be, Jennifer Leblanc or something? That would have yeah. that would have like even hit perfectly when you're talking to her, you know what I mean? That would have been real. That's something realness. That's that congruency that we talk about. Like you had that thought, oh let it out you know what i mean mm-hmm. and then you know you can calibrate obviously you know you learn to actually know where the line is obviously but i always talk about when you're dealing with people and, and you you detest that tell me how, how you think of this it's like sometimes you need to risk offending someone to know where the mm-hmm. boundaries are to know where the yeah. middle is and so when you don't do that you don't know where the conversation lies you know right so people right, think right. oh it must line in this logical fucking thing but experiment and see where it is obviously learn how to calibrate and say like you know apologize and and, and say if you've taken it too far but now you know the limits now you can work really well in this conversation right you know, even better yeah,
1: that's that's why people that are like uh um, high value whether it be males females celebrities djs just somebody who's just famous or not somebody who's yeah. just attractive they don't have people, they, they very rarely have people say things that may be offensive to them. And so they they end up like kind of bored. But like yeah. if you if you can, it's amazing that you can get closer to somebody once you've offended them, because then you have something to talk about, discuss and have a dialogue yeah. about, and you can like bond over your ideas of differences and stuff. And that's what's a, that's a beautiful thing, but you know, they don't have that in their life at all. Like actually- you said, here, yes, like, man. Uh, yeah, they don't yeah, have the, that. Exactly, the, the yes mans, the people who are dating just want the money from them. Like, you know, uh, the people who want to be mentored from them just want to be like, just say great things. Like, I love your book. You're great. You're beautiful. I love your album. You, you. Yeah. And they're like, okay, all right. And they they, they they don't get any negative feedback or they don't get any constructive criticism and feedback. And sometimes just somebody just tells them what's up is amazing. And that's why also too, there's this trend of really, really successful CEOs at huge companies always have like a dominatrix on the side the dominatrix tells them that they're shit the dominatrix tells them that like they're garbage like oh thank you somebody telling me the truth yeah but that's bringing back hear that
0: that's bringing back csi with grissom grissom had this like dominate he was like the head guy grissom had this dominatrix girl that that's that's true they must have taken it from somewhere which is you know the truth you know a lot of those shows do that's why i think i see that i'm like a lot of this is true we just don't know where it's happening you know because I'm like, it's got to be somewhere, because they got to get the idea from somewhere, you know? Yes. There's too, many, there's too the many show. details in it for it to be like a thought, you know? Yes, yes, <laughs> it's exactly on point. Something about, something about it rings
1: true. It's too close to be like just like a, a, a fantasy story made up. Yeah. yeah exactly. man. I feel, I, feel, I feel that's the part I call the empathy, you know, like having empathy for people that you want to meet mm. and, and then relating to the situation that they may be going through at this exact same moment
0: is relating
1: to that that'll get you further with somebody who feels pressure like if like i remember back in the day i'd roll upon like a model at like a table you know she'd be behind a velvet rope she'd be at a table at some big nightclub i just lean over and you know she's at on the couch sitting on the couch doing her you know paid to be there model thing and i look at i lean over to her and i say i can tell by the look in your eye you don't want to be here at all do you She's like, I don't, please kill me now. You know, I mean, we relate on that moment and we have yeah. a laugh about it. And it's like, don't worry, as soon as this is over, you know, you're going to get your money and we're going to escape and we're going to eat pizza. And she's like, oh my gosh, please. I, can, I love pizza right now. You know, it's like, we have like a little inside joke because I'm able to relate to where they are at this moment. Yeah, You know, and um, or just to understand their situation. So you could, if you understand people and can relate to them, then you can influence them and when I say influence, I don't mean manipulate. I mean, lead them to a win-win, which is what mm-hmm. they want and what
0: you want and showing them how it's the same thing. That's a, if I had a sound effect, like the Fresh and Fit guys do, <laughs> that's, a, that's a bomb drop. That's a mic yeah, drop right there. Yeah, that, that is crazy. And, and, and you know, with your influence and your, and your persuasion, especially with the, this new product coming out, it's so key, mm-hmm. you know, coming, you know, in the next couple of years, people will start to reconnect again. You know what I mean? Or do you mm-hmm. think, the, you know, where do you think socializing is going to come? Where do you think, it's going to go in terms You're already asking of the, the future. question
1: because you know we will we will meet in the metaverse. We'll we'll go to a virtual club. There will be a virtual <laughs> version of Diplo. Uh we'll meet in a virtual club. You will take your Ethereum tokens and yep. you will buy a virtual drink with the person the avatar will consume. It may be a man or woman you don't know, um, because it's a virtual avatar, like mm-hmm. ready player one, and then uh, after that, you will go on, I heard it's now a virtual yacht. Ooh. The, the eight people, it's a $12 million virtual yacht in the metaverse. I heard it exists now or in the sandbox. It's yeah. The, somebody was telling me about it today. You'll go on the, you are like, hey, baby, you know, I got a virtual yacht. Would you like to see it? She'll be like, sure, because I, I don't go anywhere anyways. I, I speak 15 <laughs> minutes a day. So sure, I'll go. And they, you'll flex on the virtual yacht. say put on your pleasure sensors and like oh i i I can you consent to this please (laughs) please put put yeah put on your pleasure sensor unit you put it on your body you'll strap it on and they'll say please check check mark if you agree to continue and put and press submit like i consent submit and then you go on and you know that's how dating will be in the metaverse because actually the the world population is uh now in decline it takes two people to make one baby think about this mm, yeah a man and a woman to make one baby so unless everybody has this is the math unless everybody has every couple has 2.3 kids or it's a 2.1 kids the role is in decline yeah. and because uh women are waiting waiting longer to have children and they're investing in careers and men don't know how to approach women anymore or talk to them people are not having children so for every two people to die you got to replace yeah. them with 2.1 or 2.3 people and this is what's happening. So it's all about that metaverse, baby. You know what I'm saying?
0: It's all about the metaverse. Maybe you'll have,
1: maybe you'll have <laughs> a metaverse child, a metaverse that's child it. where it's like it's like a tamagotchi. He's like, did you remember to feed our metaverse baby? Yeah, I'm sorry, I'll go do it later. And then you go okay. there, your, your metaverse baby is in a coma. Call it like, Tommy. What it would be. Tommy. What? If anyone doesn't
0: know what we're talking about, me and Madison have this inside joke about. You know, I came to the idea. We were in a group chat and we had this idea about the metaverse nightclub, and it was a complete joke at the start. And then a
1: month, a month ago, it was a joke. Yeah, now, now it's, it's like we're,
0: we're in the group chat, we continue to send each other funny things about the metaverse, and it's become an inside joke. And now the shit we're sending each other. Is pretty close to what, like yeah. you know, I'm sending them like a like a location, um, via you know the Central Land or Sandbox or something like that, like a room, and they're like, yeah, that'd be good. Then we're seeing real estate investors, then we're seeing nightclubs and DJs, and then we're seeing okay, well, you've got to have this social uh, this proof card to get in the access of the group. And I'm like, yo, this is like a club entry. This is like getting into mm-hmm. excess, you know? Yeah, you got, you got the, the line, you've got to wait. Like, I'm like, man, this is this is crazy. And so it's kind of like a joke for us, but the joke is now turning into more reality. <laughs> Each Actually, and every day. Is, yeah. I
1: feel like it's coming true, man. Like sad, like sadly and surely, like I see it happening. I see people getting more disconnected than ever. I see the the, the, the rift of society between, between people that want their freedom and people that just like like enforcing the laws and government. Mm. It's like it's it's. I'm really concerned about the future. Not to be too deep, but I'm concerned about the future of humankind in the next two to three years. And I think everything that's happening right now is just a short-term test. But stuff will happen again. We're all divided again, and that's the perfect time for the metaverse. Uh, if, if not the metaverse, will be some other version of it. Or you know, before we thought it was going to be the Oculus Rift. Yeah, Oculus yeah. Rift is it called. Yeah, that was going to be the metaverse. If it's not that, it'll be some other version of it. The point is, Tinder and Bumble and all these companies that are owned by the Match Mm. um, Group—they have more users than ever before, and it keeps going up and up and up. And and I think interacting with human beings or meeting people face to face will be a foreign lost skill set. And you know, we got to do our best to kind of keep it alive because, I mean, you know, I I talked to somebody the other day. This girl, she she said to me, "I wish I could meet some guy in the grocery store." I'm like, "How?" Yeah. Limit capacity. You got to wear yeah. a mask. Like, like, what do you, like, he's six feet behind you. Like, what do you think? Like, how is it going to, like, you know, he's going to reach for the melons. You reach for the melons at the same time. Then you freak out because he touched your hand. Like, like, how's this going to work at the grocery store? Yeah, like, how are you just yeah, to yeah. bump into this dude, you know? Like, so, metaverse, man. It's all metaverse. <laughs> it's all, it's, all metaverse <laughs> it's right happening in
0: the on. metaverse. Come to our nightclubs. This is really just yeah. a pitch for our nightclub in the metaverse. Right. You know? <laughs>
1: or, or if you want to meet somebody, you can go to the grocery store, to casually meet somebody in the metaverse it's a metaverse grocery store and oh then, yeah yeah of course and then yeah. and he's like was, oh i see you're buying some wasabi oh i like wasabi too i'm quite the cook oh you you, you know you're talking in the metaverse in the grocery store instead of real life because you-
0: <laughs> then then the thing comes up it says you've got to pay your subscription your yes. quality is now put at 22 adp <laughs> <laughs> exactly. you get pixels now <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, Madison, thank you very much for coming on. Now, where can people find you? Where can where can the people kind of connect with my you? My address
1: yeah. is I live at the <laughs> Manesses in Playa del Carmen. Um, people can find me on Instagram, which is Madison himself on Instagram, or my YouTube, which is Madison Influence and Persuasion, and that's where I am. I got a lot of programs from all around the world doing my final year of coaching boot camps, which is the in-person program. We take you out. Face to face, and we real time ad- make adjustments on your social skills um, before the metaverse comes. And uh, yeah, also do consulting and coaching online. So you can find all that on my uh, pages that I've mentioned Madison himself on Instagram and Madison Influence and Persuasion on YouTube.
0: All the links will be in the description, everyone. Madison, mm-hmm. thank you very much for coming on. Last question mm-hmm. If you could change one thing about the world, what would that thing be? Oh dude, that's a big question. That's a big question. If
1: I could change one thing about the world, what would it be? I would think a, a better a better democratic process where the people that are actually lower on, the, on in the in the in the countries can vote on the future of how they like to see things go, not just electing an official to represent them, but also be more involved in the process of running their societies, their lives, their freedom and their right to speak or free speech. My job would
0: be, bro. Boom. Thank you very much, Madison. I appreciate your time. And and again, click the links below to reach out to Madison and all see what he's doing. Appreciate each and every one of you for that. Thank you very much. If you want to leave a five-star review, four-star review, three-star, maybe you don't even like that my accent is Aussie and American at the same time. Maybe you don't like, you know, the people that I have. Rate it as much as you want. Every rating helps the show. I appreciate you, Madison. And uh, Madison will be a recurring guest. So you guys will hear a lot about him. So peace out, guys. Woo.